Welcome back, family. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and so we reached out to our favorite nurse to come talk to us about mental health just under the wire. Nurse Silence is always full of good information and down-to-earth advice that all of us can learn from. We know that it's the last day of the month, but believe me, you can apply this every day, and we're glad that we got a chance to bring it to you. So take a listen, and we're sure you're going to get something good out of this one. Let's go. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time introducing someone who is no stranger to the show. Um, she is loved. She is always welcome. Please, everybody, uh, join me in welcoming back Nurse Alice. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's always a treat to join you guys. So, um, well, first, uh, it's been a while and welcome back. I think the last time we talked was, uh, December or January or something like that. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's yeah. Been a minute. Um, and well, you know, hopefully all has been well with you and, uh, you've been missed. So always remember that you are loved here. Thank you. Um, this time you're with us to, uh, May is mental, mental health awareness month. Is that, am I saying that right? Yes, you are saying that correctly. Okay. so. I I never claim to be the smartest person in the world. So um, mental health seems to be a huge umbrella. Um, th- and maybe I, I could be wrong. So what does Mental Health Awareness Month entail? Well, that's a good question. And I'm glad we're saying this as mental health awareness instead of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a big stigma with that word, because no, you know, when we hear the word mental illness, we think of those movies where people are running down the street naked, you know, talking to themselves. And that's really um, just a small slice of what's going on here. So when we talk about mental uh, wellness, mental health, we're really just talking about how we, um, how um, our, our mood, our thinking and our behavior, how to keep that in a healthy happy and optimal state where we're functioning at our best. Because when it comes to um, uh, things that can influence or negatively impact our mental health, these are actually some pretty common things that many of us deal with. For example, depression or anxiety disorders, um, you know, bipolar, stress. Those are things that you think that, oh, that's depression. That's not a mental health issue, not a mental illness. And actually, all of, when we talk about mental health awareness, we want to raise awareness to all of the things that could be negatively influencing our mental well-being. And I have to say, um, anxiety disorders are the top mental, uh, a top condition that influences our mental health negatively. It's anxiety disorders, disorders followed by depression. And I'm just going to be quite candid and honest. I've experienced both of those things through different periods of my life. And I think many people have. Um, So we want to talk about those things. It's okay to talk about those things. Um, And we want to really get away from the negative stigma. I guess maybe for myself, um, maybe I just don't really understand how I would even know if I'm suffering from anxiety or depression or or anything like that. Cause I, I mean, I guess I would say that everybody feels down sometimes. So how do, how do we start going about even 
um, recognizing that we may need help. Okay. So that's a good question. So how do I know if either myself or someone I know might be um, experiencing some type of uh, condition that's in, uh, negative influencing their mental health? So, and I'll say this, situationally, it's okay to have these feelings. There's nothing wrong with having these feelings. It's when these feelings go uh, out of out um, unchecked and they start to uh, negatively impact uh, how we think, uh, you know, negatively influence our performance at school and work and how we can even take care of ourselves. That's when it becomes an issue. But some of the signs and symptoms uh, could include maybe feeling sad or down, uh, having confused thinking or reduced ability to concentrate, um, excessive fears and worries or extreme feelings of guilt, um, extreme mood changes where one minute you're really, really low, next minute, you're, you know, uh, you're really high. Uh, withdrawal from your friends and activities, not finding pleasure in the activities that you once found pleasurable, um, having problems with sleeping. Sometimes you can be excessively tired, like you've slept all day, but you're still tired. So you'll have low energy, um, feeling detached and like you don't belong in groups and places where you once felt like you belonged. Um, and then some people will have also major ch changes in their eating habits. Uh, commonly people are eating a lot of food or, you know, all of a sudden they're just no appetite. And then some people will also uh, begin to use alcohol and drugs to uh, mask some of their feelings. And this can even show up with changes in your sex drive. Um, you're very easily irritable, anger and hostile. And you sometimes might have thoughts of um, suicidal thoughts or wondering what life would be like if you weren't here. So those are some of the signs um, and symptoms that you might be experiencing or you've seen this in someone or they share that these have these feelings. Those might be signs that they're struggling with their mental health. All right. So once I decide that maybe there's something that I need to get checked out or I need to talk to somebody about, what's the, I mean, I guess it's easy to say, find somebody to talk to, but it's not necessarily easy. Like, there's a stigma attached to it may, you know, probably not rightfully so, but there's a stigma in, in seeking out help. Um, I know that especially among black men, we are taught that you're supposed to, you know, man up and handle it. What's, where would you suggest that someone start? You know what? I think that recognizing that you just want some help or need some help is the first step. And you're right. Society um, has us conditioned to believe that you know, man up, you know, don't cry, men don't cry, and you know, to be unbothered by things. But it's very natural and healthy to feel these emotions. Um, but but once you start to recognize that, you know what, I'm always sleepy, I'm not performing the way I should be performing, like you'll you start to feel like you're you're missing something or you're not where you need to be. You're just unhappy, or you notice that you're very irritable or you're pulling away from friends. The first thing that you should do is talk to someone. Now, um, I can understand how people want to be very protective of their information. They don't want this to, to leak out, but it's, I'm, and I'm going to say this, there have been lets, and I'm going to use celebrities as examples who've come out to talk about their conditions, because I think we have to create a culture in which we're more supportive of people. So like, for example, Charlemagne the God, I actually read his book, Shook One. He talks about his um, experience with anxiety and paranoia, um, you know, 
Kid Cudi was recently, um, I think in 2016, talking about how he checked himself in rehab and experienced depression. Um, Wayne Brady has come out about um, his battle with depression and constant self-doubt. Kendrick Lamar, also, he suffered, you know, was experiencing depression and suicidal thoughts. I mean, the list goes on. Even The Rock, right? When you look at someone who looks invincible, even they, too, have, can experience, experience these things. And one thing that all of these people did is they got help. They spoke to someone. And quite honestly, if we could help ourselves, we wouldn't be in the situations that we were in. So we need to get some help from someone. Now, that for some people, that might be like starting with a, a close friend and letting them know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been having these thoughts of, you know, hurting myself or, you know, I'm, I'm been, you know, dr drinking a little bit more, or using this to kind of mask feelings. But talk about your feelings because there's no crime in telling someone how you're feeling. You need to incorporate people in your life that are going to help you take care of yourself. Perhaps maybe when you don't even know how to or that you even need to take care of yourself. So the first thing I would say is to talk someone to someone, a friend, a neighbor, someone at church, or actually. Uh, a counselor, a counselor or a therapist. And actually, we call this psychotherapy. Um, and it's just basically getting your emotions out, talking about them. That's a very important part of dealing with your mental health. And you don't need to talk to someone just when you're having problems. It's actually bet I mean, great to have someone that you can talk to on a continuous basis. Just like you go to the doctor. Yeah, we go to the doctor when we're sick, but you should be going for that annual physical, right? Just that wellness checkup appointment. We should think about our mental health the way we think of our physical health. Now, um, I have two questions for you, but uh, I guess the first one I want to uh, ask is, so you said that sometimes it's best for them to just start or, or someone's going through something to start with someone close to them and just speak up and, and ask for help. But on the opposite side of that, if I'm the person who gets to call in the middle of the night that someone's having thoughts that um, they they shouldn't be having or or might want to harm themselves or uh, I'm, I'm depressed or I, I, you know, I may be drinking too much. How do, because, you know, growing up, you hear things like, oh, no, nah, he off or um, man, you know, somebody should get him some help. But like, how do you be the ally, so to speak? Like, how do you help that person? Because that's not something that I, I feel is in my toolbox where I, if someone came to me, I would know what to do or say. Right. That's a it's a difficult situation to be in because you may not know what to say or how to respond in that situation. But the fact that someone's reaching out to you lets you know that they that they care. They care about you enough to tell you and they, they want help. So the best thing that you could do is to be receptive to what they're saying, you know, allow them to, to vent, you know, ask them, are, are you okay? Are you physically okay? Are you in a safe place? Because the most important thing is that they're safe and they're not going to provide any immediate harm to them. And if they feel, if they've expressed some things that have you concerned about whether they're going to harm themselves or putting themselves in a dangerous situation, you need to call 911. You need to, you know, go there. Don't leave them alone. Because we've heard stories. There have been stories out there where, you know, someone has reached out for help and then, you know, no one necessarily came to that person's aid in that immediate moment. And they woke up And the next morning. We find out that maybe this person overdosed on some type of substance or this person took their life. 
So even if you physically can't make your way to that person, if you feel they're going to harm themselves, you need to call 911 or maybe, you know, stay on the phone with them and allow them to call like a suicide hotline number. So there's the National Suicide Prevention Line. And that number, if anybody needs it, is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. And, you know, stay on the phone with them while they call the suicide hotline and start to, you know, get the help that they need or make your way there or call someone who's closer to them just so they don't, they're physically safe and won't harm themselves. But outside of that, if they've just expressed like these, these um, other things that maybe you don't feel like they're in immediate danger, you know, talk them through it, ask them, you know, is there something I could do to help you? You know, I want to see you do better. Just being a very supportive and not downplaying their their emotions would be the number one thing. Because the minute you downplay them, they're not going to share their emotions with you. How do I identify a friend that needs help? Because um, it's easy if they come to me or come to whoever's listening. But um, sometimes people are hurting um, and they don't ask for help. You know, like you said, sometimes you, you don't realize what you're going through. Um, how, how do we recognize it? And then um, I guess from a, a standpoint of, of getting them help, how do you approach them? Right. So check on your strong friends, right? We've all heard that saying. Um, it's not always easy to recognize that someone needs help if they're not presenting with those symptoms I mentioned earlier, because some people are very stoic. But come on now, like, let's say, just put yourselves in their shoes. That, that's, a, that's a good way to kind of do a pulse check. If someone just lost their, uh, you know, their, their mother or they've you know, lost their job, they're struggling financially, and you, can, you maybe know of some circumstances that could be very hard, hard on someone, just check in on them. Be like, Hey, yo, bro, you, are you, are you good? Anything I could do to help you? Cause you know, I know this is, that was a, you know, you lost your, your mother there. I, I'm, I can imagine that really hurts. So I'm here for you. You want to just talk about things. Um, what can I help you with? Just opening the door to conversation and establishing a safe place for them to talk to you about is one of the things that's going to be very helpful. But again, you may not know cause people are so stoic in today's society that they don't want to, you know, show any signs of weakness. So just always open that door and just say, you know, and I hear, and I hear, and I, I actually had this talk uh, maybe a couple weeks ago with a group of uh, gentlemen and they were kind of just practicing. They're like, yo, bro, you good? You okay? I mean, it's, it's perfectly okay to have that conversation with someone. And they might be like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm good. But just, you can let them know to say, look, I know it's not always easy to talk about these things, but if you ever need someone to listen to, to listen to you or you just want to bounce some ideas off of or just feel like you need to get your mind off of some things I'm here for you because I think and being and being genuine about it too because don't say this and then the person comes to you then you're no longer you know you're not available because that that will destroy the trust that this person has as far as reaching out to you and even if you say you know even if you don't want to talk to me um maybe you know maybe there's someone else I can hook you up with to talk about or to talk with, you know, again, either a close friend, a minister, um, uh, a counselor, or if you feel like they're in immediate danger, 911, or even their uh, primary doctor. Because sometimes this, these things that we're going through mentally, 
Uh, they're not they they don't just affect our how we think our mood and our feelings. They actually will have physical manifestations which can negatively influence our health as well. So um if you could just give the the number again for the suicide prevention hotline. Yes, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. It's available 24-7 every day of the year. It's never off. If you feel like you or someone you know um, has ideas of hurting themselves, please use this number. They will connect you to resources and help um, at that moment. So you got so that the person can get what it is that they need. Um, I know that's uh, for suicide uh, prevention and for people who are trying to help someone. Uh, what about if I think my friend is like depressed or um, suffering through anxiety, which is, um, I for me, I think it would be harder to, to recognize someone going through an anxiety issue um, than maybe even depression. Um, What's the best way to, to direct them towards some help? Still just a minister? Or is there a number they can reach out to? Or? Uh, well, when it comes to anxiety uh, disorders, there isn't a, like a crisis line like there is for the suicide line. But if someone is experiencing anxiety, um, they actually, that would be someone who really pro- should connect with their primary care provider or some kind of health care provider who can analyze and, you know, what's re- what's going on with this anxiety, um, because, um, is because there, are, and I'll say this, there's so many different types of anxiety out there. And in addition to psychotherapy or having a counselor, or someone to talk to, there can be, um, medications and other treatments that can be helpful with helping that person manage it. Because if someone is anxious all, you know, all the time, um, I'll say this, that that anxiety, it's, it's a feeling of, um, impending doom or excessive worriness. When that person is feeling anxious like that, it it um, stunts their ability to think properly, um, decision making, um, and it also causes a cascade of hormones to be released. One primarily being cortisol, and that can actually cause increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, and a you know uh, increase in blood sugar levels, and a whole bunch of other things that can be just bad for you physically. So this is someone who probably should definitely get to a primary care provider. I want to let you go, but I I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. And I think um, as someone who is kind of on the outside looking in, um, but has always heard about the stigma of like, you know, you don't want to talk to a psychiatrist or psychotherapist or uh, anybody like that. Or, you know, you hear the like, oh, you're going to need a Yana to come fix your life, that type of stuff. Um, how do we as a community fight that type of negative stereotype of that person is off versus that person needs help? Right. Um I think the way that we offset that is that we all have to be honest and true to ourselves. I think there's I can't think of one person who has not experienced some form of anxiety and depression um, in their lives. And actually, 15 percent of adults will experience depression at some point in their lives. And 50 percent of the people who've experienced uh, depression have also experienced anxiety. So this is something that we've all felt. So that's on the more common side of the 
the mental um, conditions that can um, influence us. So there's like, there's also post-traumatic stress uh, disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, even ADHD falls into this spectrum. So I think if we recognize that this is more common than what we, than what we think, then we'll realize that, okay, well, they're not really alone in this. Like I've experienced it. My sister's experienced it. My brother over there has experienced it. And when we can come onto the common ground, like, look, we've all had our hand in this same cookie jar of mental health, struggling with something with mental health related. Let's use this as an opportunity to help each other versus isolating someone even further because of their conditions. And in the, you know, in the black community, people are quick to write people off sometimes or talk about them. And that's really a destructive way of, of, of looking at this. It really takes a village, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can just come together and realize like, look, we all got an auntie or uncle in our family that's, you know, done a little bit too much. And then as we as well, we, you know, we've experienced some of these things. So let's just, let's unify um, under the common thread that, Hey, we've all experienced this in some shape, form or fashion, whether directly or indirectly. Now, what can we do to improve this? Because in the black community, we are, people in the black community are less likely to get help or treatment for their mental health conditions. And oftentimes it's then masked with alcohol and drugs. And it shouldn't be that way. It should not be this way. Our white counterparts are more likely to get treatment and therapy than our black counterparts because of this negative stigma to it. And we're afraid to get help. And it doesn't have to be that way because this having these conditions influences the ability for people to go to school and learn, the ability to to work and be uh, progressive in their in their workplace, and really achieving the status of what we want to. Because having uh, these type of mental conditions can, you know, as we as I said earlier, this negatively impacts our lives. So we want to see everybody be successful, and it all starts with just getting help and supporting one another. Are there any resources that people can look for online or um, maybe just like a general thing that you can go to in your community? Oh, let's see. There are tons of resources that are out there. Um, There is actually, there's a really good one. What is the website? Uh, It is, oh, I didn't have it up to to give right now. Um, Let's see. Mental health. I know mentalhealthamerica.net is one uh, that has lots of great resources. And for this year, for uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, the theme is actually for mind, for body. So uh, to keep our mind right, we have to take care of our entire body. So it runs you through a lot of resources and things that you can do from even eating properly to improve your mental wellness. So if like, for example, uh, if you can, those who have, healthier, healthier diets are more likely to cope with their mental conditions a lot better. So it gives us a lot of tips for adults, for children, how it talks about how food can change your brain, the food that we're eating. Um, also signs and symptoms to look out for the different treatments that are available. Uh, but there's tons of resources. So that's not the only one, but that's a good one to start with. I, you know what, you mentioned children and, um, I'll be honest with you until that moment, you know, you always think of that as an adult problem, but, um, I guess I imagine children would be, um, also affected by anxiety and, um, depression. It's just, I guess you just don't think that a a child can be depressed, but. Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely depression and anxiety and all of these um, mood disorders, they can start at any age, any race, any age. Um, those conditions do not discriminate. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot, especially as social media is playing out. Um, I, and this is my, my, my belief is that social media can actually be exacerbating some of those things and conditions, because like, if we look at behaviors like bullying, which can contribute to someone's, how kids are, uh, developing their self-identity, um, you know, we've seen stories about young kids committing suicide because they were bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to tell you that just, I'm going to kill myself just doesn't happen overnight. There, there's, there's, there's some un- underlying mental um, illness or conditions that have been brewing for some time. And then those actions can kind of just flip the switch and take them to the next level. So if we're seeing young kids commit suicide, um, there's def- that definitely shows you that that these conditions are alive and well in our young in our young kids. So we don't leave the kid, don't leave the babies out when it comes to um, taking care of our mental health and wellness. And I'll say this: one thing that's really good to talk with kids is ask them to you know when we say use your words, tell me how that made you feel. So getting them to talk about their feelings is important because I know when I grow up, usually you don't say anything unless you're you know unless an adult speaking to you mm-hmm. about how you. So we really want to encourage communication with our young kids about how they're feeling, what's going on. And you're having all these these school shootings and all these other things that are happening at, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that much was happening when I was growing up, you know, and now that we have all of this readily available to watch on online, on social media, kids are being exposed to a lot more, which can only exacerbate some of these conditions. Um, we talked about what I could do to help a friend or someone in need, and um, you even mentioned that a parent can ask their child how they're feeling, but are there different things parents should be looking out for in their children? Should we be more focused on anxiety and depression? Um, should we be monitoring so monitoring social media, things like that? I mean, there's so many different stimuli that, that kids are open to now, and I know, you you know, when we were growing up, it was... You had your cartoons, you had your playing outside and someone could be meeting yes. you there. But, um, you know, even as an adult, we've seen social media can go from zero to 100 with the, the bullying quick to celebrities, you know, as well as regular people. So I, I guess I'm, I'm asking, like, it's we can notice it when it's someone that we see every day, but it's hard to notice it with a child who on social media where I may not know everything that they're getting in their DMs or like, how do we mm. keep a more vigilant eye on, on our kids? This is the thing. And and I'm a parent, I'm a parent of four boys. So I'm just going to keep them. nurse. Alice loves y'all. And I'm gonna keep it real. <laughs> you all need to know, you need to follow your kids on social media. There is no such thing as mommy. I blocked you. So you can't see what I'm posting. Oh no, no, that's not how, what we doing today. So you need to be involved, engaged with what your kids are doing. You need to see who's following. Because, I mean, for a whole slew of reasons, you need to see what your kids are posting. What are they saying? Because sometimes kids can be experiencing things and sharing that online and not talking to you, the parent. Because, and I'll be honest, there was, there was, a, there was a period of time, and this is, and I'm going to just be very vulnerable right now. Um, I was going through my divorce, and one of my sons was posting uh about his feelings. And I had four girlfriends call me and say, 
girl, is, and then she, they named my son. Is he okay? Why? Oh, because I saw this post. Screenshot, boom, sent to mom. And I was not as involved in the social media. And once I saw that, I got to talk to my son and I realized, you know, he was going through some things because his parents were splitting up. So, but I had, had I, had no one told me, I wouldn't have known. And I couldn't have got, wouldn't have been able to get my son the help that he needed because I didn't know. So parents, know what your kids are posting on social media. Take a look at what's going on there and talk to them about that. And again, just like we check on our strong friends, because our strong friends are very stoic. Kids might sometimes feel like, oh, mommy and daddy are really busy. They don't have time. I don't want to bother them with this. Um, Or they, you know, so you have to ask them, you know, how was your day at school? Anything going on? You know, you got to ask, just ask. But, and you always, and I'll say this, parents, when you ask your kids these questions, you got to be careful with how you ask them. You can't ask them something and then pop off and scold them about something right away because that's going to ruin the trust. So I know we're not, our kids aren't, we're not supposed to be best friends with our kids, but we still need to be friendly and respect and build the trust so we leave the door open so that they're willing to come to us. But staying at social media, honey, mm-mm. <laughs> you know, no. Yes. You, you have to follow your kids on social media to see what's posting, what they're saying, what's going on. And even if they see, you know, and ask them about their friends, too, because maybe if they're if it's and I would hope that if my child still wasn't talking to me about things, but maybe maybe shared it with one of their friends, you know, maybe the friends are talking to their mom, the parent and the parent could tell me, like I said, it takes a village. It's very you know, no one's going to ever get this 100 percent right. We're not always going to recognize the signs. Um, and that can leave us with a lot of guilt. But if we do this as a village and support one another and sort listen, I've got plenty of whoopings as a little kid from other people's parents, um, on my way, you know, so, cause it, it was a village back then. So not, I'm not saying whoop your kids, whoop your friends. Kid, or, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is be mindful of other children. These are our youth. So even though it's not your child, it's still our child because it's still someone in our society. So. Just be mindful of that and, you know, talk to each other, help each other out, parents. Or the school, right? If you don't know the kids' parents, talk to someone in the school, a counselor. But get the, get the child the help that they, they don't need. So I know we're at the end of Mental Health Awareness Month, but I think that it's important that we take the lessons we learned this month. Um, and once again, thank you for doing this. Um, it's been very informative. but. We need to apply that every day because we, you know, I'm not just feeling down this month, <laughs> you know, feelings carry over. So please, like you said, check on your strong friends, just check on your friends in general. I know um, myself and my friends, we have a policy that if I haven't heard from you in a week or two, you can get a call and all I might say is, yo, I'm just checking in. But, yes. you know, sometimes that's all I want to hear is like, you know, guys don't like to say it, but my man cared enough to find out what I was doing and how I've been. And Absolutely. So just check in with your friend. You don't have to have a, you know, hour long conversation. I know, guys, we don't do conversations. I think we have maybe 15 minutes to talk in us each day outside of what I have to do. But, you know, five minutes of that could be, hey, man, what's up? What's good? How are you? Exactly. And so like you, you hit the nail on the head. It's not just the month of May that we got to be worried about uh, or concerned with mental health. Our mental health is important every single day. Um, and even, and I'll say this, it gets, there are, 
are trends where it can be worse at certain times of the year. For example, the holidays, there's seasonal affective disorder, uh, or seasonal affective depression, and even like with women, postpartum depression. So, I mean, this is something that we just should be cognizant of every day. Um, and just like you want to take, like you take yourself to the gym or at least think about going to the gym, right? Even if you don't make it, you should at least think about your mental health if you're not going to do something actually about your mental health. I'm just saying, I'm keeping it real. I'm trying to help y'all. <laughs> you have to do that mental exercise just like you would do for your physical exercise. You know, positivity, positive affirmations, realizing that you are worthy um, and that you are deserving and, you know, those type of things. And I like to look at, read positive affirmations as well. I'll, I'll take one, a new one every, every weekend. And I'll just actually, I'll put on a screensaver on my phone. So every time I look at my phone, it's a positive affirmation that I can read. So what's, um, is there a focus for next month? Next month is June. Other than my birthday. Uh, <laughs> Everybody <laughs> shout her out on the 11th, isn't it? Yep. June 11th, Gemini gang. Yes. 28. Yes. Oh, I'm turning 28. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'll claim that. So forever Absolutely. and always, 28. Yes, but next, thank you. But next month is Father's Day. And I really want to shout out this shout out for my men, men's health. Fathers, we need our fathers and we need our fathers to be healthy. So I know it's Father's Day coming up. We love our fathers and we want our fathers to stick around. So I really want to, I'm going to go ahead and put an emphasis for men's health and health um, because. I love my, we love our fathers. We love our positive male figures in the community. And so we want to keep y'all healthy. Having almost lost uh, someone important to me, the prostate exams and the colonoscopies, you got to get those done. Yes, yes. And it's, it's, what, a split second. Uh, a prostate exam is nothing but a split second. It's, and it's worth, it's worth those few perhaps uncomfortable seconds because it'll you know, provide you some information that you need to better take care of yourself. All right, we're going to do this again next month, if not yeah. sooner. Um, and you can come back and you can start to uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, men need to focus on. Um, really you know, appreciate I'll keep this. Y all up. I'll keep you guys up to speed with everything. Keep my pulse check on you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, please. For anyone who has not, for some reason, heard you on the show before, how can they reach out to you? Where can they find, uh, find you and the information that you have? You can find me uh, on all social media platforms at Ask Nurse Alice. Um, and I do have a website, AskNurseAlice.com, where a lot of the information that we're talking about here, I have plenty of blogs and articles and information and healthy recipes and all kinds of stuff on the website. So lots of goodness on there. That's AskNurseAlice.com. And again, on social, Ask Nurse Alice. We love every time we can have Nurse Alice stop by the show, and we hope that you learned something from this one. Check her out on the web. Check her out on social media. Please, like she said, look out for your strong friends. And parents, please check in on your kids. Until next time, family, always remember we do everything for you, so let us know how we're doing. Love.